welcome to Storytime with Ganges Gal. I'm Ambika, and I hope this podcast is reaching you well. Um, I hope you're excited as I am about today's episode. We're going to get into some pretty cool stuff. Do you want to hear a story about a badass literal goddess with an attitude? Good, me too. That's why I wrote today's story about her, and also why I named my whole online persona about her. In the next few episodes, we're going to cover her origin story, her outfit goals, and the story of how she came down to earth and low-key saved the world. I thought it'd be fitting, especially considering the whole premise of my online persona is named after her. So let's do this! Today's episode is about the Hindu goddess Ganga. I'm going to tell you her story as I've interpreted it, as well as give you a couple cool talking points about the real-world applications of her presence. And let me just get you guys in a place where you can visualize her the way she's depicted in art, so we're kind of on the same page. I mean, obviously everything's open to interpretation, so I'm really only describing what the majority of art about her looks like. Um, So in most pictures, she's got four arms, but for the sake of visualizing her in her human form, I'd say it's totally cool to think of her with just the two. She's got long black hair, and that's drawn pretty tame, unlike my girl Kalima. Um, And she usually wears a white or pink and red combo colored sari. In most pictures, she's seen on top of a crocodile who has a name and a little backstory that I'll get to later. On the pictures you see in the mandir, you'll probably catch her with a jar of amrita, a rosary, a lotus, or a shivling. She's got a lotus on her at all times, which is kind of cool. And she's got a trident in one of her hands, which is also pretty awesome, in my opinion. So, before I talk about how Ganga came down to earth, I'm going to give you a little backstory on our girl. Ganga was first born as the daughter of Himavat and Mena, the king and queen of the mountains a.k.a. the physical manifestation of the Himalayas. She's one of their two daughters, her sister being the iconic Parvati. Parvati's got her own cool backstory where Shiva and her get married, but we'll talk about that later because this story's all about Ganga. In the books I read, they all talk about how strong and mighty she is like her parents, but also how full of adventure and mischievous she is. One book specifically had this line I really liked, saying, No wonder she chose to take the form of a river whenever she felt like frolicking freely about in her mountain home. Only the mountains were strong enough to take her boisterous mischief. I really like that line. Anyways, Ganga was so incredibly beautiful and powerful that the devas took notice, and they wanted her to join them in their heavenly realm, Devalok. The devas are another term for the gods. Ganga, seeing how great of an adventure it would be, was super down to hang out with the gods, and so she took the form of a woman and headed on up to Devalok to chill with the devas. There, her powers grew, and because her presence alone had the ability to calm gods and humans down, everyone was just super chill all the time. One line from the book said, When they were relaxed, she delighted them with her antics. When they were weak, she inspired them with her might. And when they did wrong, she washed away with their guilt. Meanwhile, while Ganga was up in Devalok with the gods, down on earth a situation was seriously cooking up. The Kalakyas were these evil demon gang and they were really focused on getting rid of the gods. So in their opinion, since the, ho- the gods' whole existence depended on the people who think about them, the best way to get rid of devas was to pretty much just destroy humanity and take away their life force. The audacity. So... These guys drove the earth to starvation and plague and then hid from the gods by retreating to the depths of the ocean, where the gods could not reach them. But, 
Little did they know, the gods had a really cool sage in their corner who had the superpower of drinking up the whole dang ocean and exposing the evil demon crew. Then, the devas went off and took down the evil garlic, yes. Only a couple of the evil guys made it out alive, but only because they escaped to the netherworld, which will come up later in the story. So, now that the evil Kalakias were out of the picture, the devas asked the super cool ocean drinker, whose name was Augustia, if he could maybe put the ocean bed back. But things got really awkward really fast, because our guy Augustia, as cool as he is with his ocean drinking powers, is only human, and like humans, he digested the ocean. No one told him he was going to have to cough it back up, so he didn't think about that. So yeah, anyways, that water was not coming back anytime soon. Now we're in a storyline where the world doesn't have any water, and this goes on for years and years until a king named Sagara comes into the picture and tries to do a sacrifice to get the oceans back. Let's talk about King Sagara for a second. This guy had two wives and 60,001 kids. 60,000 via one poor queen and one via the other poor queen. Men, right? Anyways... King Sagara sent 60,000 of his sons to the netherworld to go find a super horse that was needed for the sacrifice. And even though they only had one job, you guessed it, they messed it up. And they really messed it up. They were literally right next to the horse, who had been chilling, minded his own business on the side of an ashram when someone had the bright idea to go into Kapila's ashram and accuse him of being a thief. Kapila, mind you, was an extremely powerful sage who had been meditating for hundreds of years with his eyes closed, and he was not having it when a crowd of 60,000 bros were trying to mess with him. So, having had enough of their, what word can I use? Cow poop? Bull shark? I don't know, because I don't know if this is for kids or not. I'll just say BS, and you can come up with your own conclusions. Having had enough with their BS, he was like, yeah, no thanks. I'm just going to open my eyes for the first time in a hundred years and literally obliterate you with white heat. And uh, yeah, he did that. He really did that. He opened his eyes and all 60,000 of the princes were turned into dust with their souls hanging out in the netherworld because they never got a proper burial. Fast forward a couple hundred years, and the descendant of King Sagara, through that one son that didn't get the invite to search for the horse, starts a quest not only to get water flowing again, but also to get this insane curse lifted off his family because the souls of his 60,000 ancestors are still roaming ceaselessly around. His name is Bhagirath, and he's actually pretty cool. He's set to become the king, but doesn't want to assume power until he's accomplished his goals. So, he put his ministers in charge and set out to meditate and pray to the gods to bring Ganga down. Wow, it's been a minute since we talked about the theme of this whole story, hasn't it? I'm sorry, I had to lay the groundwork for you guys because it'd just be way too confusing if I dropped her in there without any of this. Um, anyways, Bhagirath prays to the gods for Ganga to come down and they agree to send her. But Ganga's kind of like, um, excuse me, no one asked me if I wanted to go back down to earth. And she's just like, well, fine, if I go down, they're going to get me full force, and lol, I doubt they can handle it. Which, in her defense, she's totally right. Literally no one can handle her at full force, because she's just awesome and that powerful. Well, no one except for Shiva, who totally saw Gunga's plan coming and decided to intercept her before she crash-landed onto Earth. So, I mean, if you can try to visualize it, this is how the story goes. 
Gunga comes down from the god realm, Bevalok, and she's coming down like a river in full force towards Earth. And Shiva, being this insanely giant god, steps in between Gunga's path to the Earth and traps her in his hair. Now, okay, it's important to know that Shiva's got dreadlocks, and if you've ever seen dreadlocks before, you know that it's not the type of hair texture that one could loosely comb through with their hands. That's the whole point, actually, because she's caught in her river form in his dreadlocks and has no way out. So poor Bhagirath, all excited because the gods were like, yeah, Gunga's totally going to come down. Um, He's just really disappointed and he's really lost because she never showed up. So he takes a couple years to pray and then decides to shift course and start praying to Shiva to release Gunga. And eventually Shiva's like, yeah, sure, I guess she's kind of annoying in my hair. So now we're at the point in the story where Gunga is actually coming down to earth again. Also, oh man, this episode is way too long. You're probably super sick of my voice or you've fallen asleep already. And that's fine. I probably should split this episode in two parts anyway. So I'll do that now. I'll end here and we'll pick up tomorrow with the rest of Gunga's story and my unqualified analysis on all of it. Alright, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Oh, oh, before I go, I'm going to tell you guys about my website, gangesgal.com. It's G-A-N-G-E-S-G-A-L.com. I post up not only these podcasts, but my writing on there and some pictures. And I also have a blog specifically called The One Where, where I talk about my life stories. Um, And I'll have some episodes on this podcast where I read those stories out loud. But if you wanted to read them instead of hear them, you can do that on the website. And if you have an Instagram, go ahead and hit that follow on Instagram.com slash Gal G-A-N-G-E-S-G-A-L, no spaces. And I'm also on Twitter um, just because I, I made a Twitter about it and I post a bunch of cool feminist news and um, just good news articles and motivating messages on there. Um, it's twitter.com slash ganges g-a-n-g-e-s underscore gal because some girl to ganges gal like just the one word and i have no idea how to contact her and get my name back anyways um this has been real i hope you had a good time listening about the first half of gunga's intro even though it's not even really about her it's just it's just how it goes man anyways i will see you guys later Have a great day. Hope everything great happens to you. Um, And that only good things come your way. Okay, bye.